Hi, and welcome back to the... (laughs) (laughs) Save that one. Save, save. Restart. Take two. (laughs) Shut up and sit down. I got on my bike. We've got a great show lined up for you. To have a name like Champ kind of says it all. You are listening to the Dial Podcast with Matt Lee Graham, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Duren. Pro tip, go listen to the outside. You're welcome. I got my car to my spokes and I'm waving to the folks who are uptown. Uptown, waving to the folks who are uptown. Dude, sucking at something? First step towards being sort of good at something. Evan Price for the win. Right down the middle. My name is Matt Legrand, and on this channel, we are always talking about biking, biking, and biking. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Dering. I'm sitting here with Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? We're in studio. In studio. At least a couple of us are, at least. Yeah. And then uh, coming to us over the uh, the cellular webs, the airwaves, the airwaves. Yes, <laughs> Mr. Lance Hepler. What's up, Lance? It is Lance Romance out on the road for uh, your listening pleasure. Sorry, I sound so crappy, and uh, you can't see my beautiful face. Oh, on location. <laughs> Where are you at, Lance? I, I am uh, somewhere in the farm country uh, near Burley, Idaho. I'm actually mid-drive on my way back to Portland. Nice. nice. It'll be so. good to have you back. See any good gravel yeah. roads over there yet? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's some pretty good gravel roads all over the place. <laughs> any snow on the ground? Uh, there was snow all over the mountains in Utah, but not here in Idaho. Sweet. Cool. Hey, let's yeah. get into some backpedaling. Who wants to go first? Matt? I can go first. All right. I just got off the boat from Boston. How was that? It was a flight, not a boat ride, but it was super interesting. I was telling these guys just a minute ago, like, this is the first time that I've been on a trip with my wife with no kids since we've had kids, so 11 years. And Holy cow. That's crazy to me. We, yeah. we did take a trip to um, Sweden uh, with a baby, but... Um, and we left two kids home for that trip, but you know, basically, I think I remember that. That's like that right the around Achilles the time, surgery. exactly yeah, was, close yeah. to when I first met you, was first it? year or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say that. That okay. I would think that we've known each other for longer than that, but I think that's how these things yeah, go. Was, what, that was six about six yeah, years ago. I was gonna say four or five, but yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. How did Kristen uh, so do? Anyway, backpedal. <laughs> I should continue. Uh, the <laughs> the race went really well. Weather conditions were good. If anything, they were too warm. A lot of people were complaining about the heat. It was kind of overcast for the first half of the race, and then the sun came out. And uh, the whole time we were there, it was like, fair. I mean, it was a touch rainy the first couple of days, but most of the time we were there, it was like sunny and hot. And it was like pouring down rain here in Portland. It was like sunny and 75 there in Boston. It was great. Uh, That's weird. It's better because I can look at you guys and laugh at how bad the weather is for you guys while we soak up the sun. <laughs> And we just, you know, tooled around the town and the city and we were downtown. So we did everything downtown. We did a lot of like out to dinner type things. Uh, We, I used those little city bikes, rented those things and just, you know, went around as best I could. I went during the race. I just kind of biked out the course 
and cheered for my wife. And she was racing. She was, I would say, um, maybe not giving it a hundred percent. What what do we say? The beans? Giving it the, the beans? beans? Yeah. She. Um, so for I mean, like she she worked hard and she was tired when she was done, but she stopped when I when she saw me and she would like give me a hug or whatever and like kind of keep moving, get, talk to me for a second. Get back to work. Yeah, it wasn't like you know I'm gonna blow through. You know I'm gonna step on some kid's head to get to the finish line. She was just kind of having a good time, soaking in all the sights, and her time was still pretty fast. She went three thirty two. And that's about 10 minutes off of her PR. So still wow. still good effort on a difficult course where she got to see a lot of the sights and soak it all up and uh, experience those massive crowds of the Boston Marathon. So super cool trip. Oh, a good update for my backpedal is that my whatever streak, 100 bike day streak is gonna, no more. I was going to ask about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Um, I got, yeah, basically whatever it was, like we got past 50 days, I think. And I was busy with work. I had the Boston trip and I was like, you know what? Nope. It's just, it's not going to happen. Called it. And, uh, and that's okay. I think it's, I did it last year. I made it last year. I don't have, I mean, I don't know. It's not like, I I don't feel like I have to prove anything. It's just a fun challenge. Loser. Failure. Well, what do you get for 50? (laughs) You get 50% of a sock. You get one sock. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you get for 50. I don't know what you get for 100. But uh, yeah, so, you know, you know, I did bike actually when I was in Boston every day. Um, I did. They had a Peloton bike uh-huh. in the hotel, which was weird because I'd never done Peloton. And I really want to talk about it on my, my channel. And I want to make sure that I've kind of experienced a lot of the stuff that other people are testing and using just so I have that little, you know, piece that I can add as far as like my experience and my opinion on these things. I actually really liked the Peloton bikes. Really? I would never buy one, but I really liked them. I Mm -hmm. thought they were like the classes were motivating. The leaderboard was super motivating (laughs) because you're like, so explain that to me. Yeah. 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 You, you have wattage. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how accurate it is. I think it's okay. And you have, um, I don't think that, I don't remember putting in my weight or anything like that, uh, but you have wattage and then you have, you know, cadence and you, they give you suggested ranges for things like that. But ultimately they have some sort of calculation for distance and, and they have some sort of point system, which is a little nebulous, but it's this, um, leaderboard and who it's kind of like, who's putting out the most Watts for the entire workout. And you just start working your way up, you know, and I was like second on one day and first the other day. So, you know, it's not like super competitive. People. So are you in a class and there's you're in a class people from all over people. the country about how many people were in there? Did it say, or, uh, yes, maybe one day, like 20 and another day, like 10. Okay. So it's not, well, I think there are times where you have massive classes sure. and of course I'm doing, I'm just sneaking these in in the afternoon or whatever it was, probably not popular times. And then you sit down and you just kind of find something that's about to start. Sure. And people love the, um, presenters. I was, I, I, you know, I didn't really enjoy them that much. I I had one guy that was like very dancey on the bike, which is annoying and then another girl <laughs> a, another girl that was like too bubbly I, I don't know I um I think that there are probably some if I like was part of the platform I would find some people that I really liked and I think that that's what people really really get into they get tied to like a specific person and they really enjoy those people and 
I think the platform is good. I think the equipment is okay. I just, I know it's expensive. You've got another subscription service to the whole piece and in the, in the bike itself is expensive. I just, I don't know that I would go that route as opposed to putting my bike on a trainer sure. and using something like Zwift, but it is in some ways more motivating, I think. Would you say that it would serve as a good gateway for people to get interested in cycling in general that maybe weren't otherwise and then yeah. transition it, to a bike at some point? It is very much a spin class mm-hmm. and not, and, and even like Zwift is different, right? Like Zwift feels like you're not in a spin class. It feels like you're yeah. riding your bike and you're yep. going to work out or whatever it is. And this is very much a spin class. And so there is that hurdle to get over as far as saying like, hey, you're good. You, you know, you like peloton you like spin class let's see if you'll take the next step and come out on the roads with me that's a big step for people to take they don't have their favorite instructor to yell at them or dance at them or whatever but like i do think that it's 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 a positive right people are working out people are you know even potentially learning about wattage which i think is important for us and for the sport and so if they have that next step of like you know especially if they have the income to be like i'm gonna get a bike and it's probably gonna have a power meter then all of a sudden they already have like that peloton experience and they go out on the road and when they push 200 watts they know what that effort is so it's interesting uh i I, like i said i was surprised that i liked it as much as i did like i did the first class and i was like i want to do that again you know it's like i crushed everyone (laughs) yeah i mean it's just that it was one like the first time i was like starting i was just kind of like trying to work my way up as best you can and so you just go hard and uh you know in zwift you kind of have, I don't, I just, it's just not quite the same. I guess you have that when you do Zwift racing, but it's really it's so easy much more competitive and I just get crushed on a Zwift race. Not that I've done. Well, that. there's a multitude of different levels there, but I do find that if you don't yeah. go into Zwift with the notion that you're going to be doing something specific, whether it be a workout or whether it be a race or riding with a group, it can be you, boring. It can be boring and you yep. just kind of fall into this like low Watts, very yeah. consistent, nothing. And I've, and you I, and I have done that. I've done that plenty so of times. times. And there's yeah. days where like, that's perfect. And then there's yeah. days where I'm like, all right, I got to work on the computer. I'm like kind of burn out and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, one of the, the group leaders or one of the whips pass, whips pass, and you're like, Oh, wait a second. I I'm going to hop on that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to get on that. And the oh. next thing you know, you get a great workout. So yep. yeah. there is something to be said when you're engaged with others. And yeah. And I think you're right. It's that difference between like me sitting there and watching a video and pushing a hundred watch hundred Watts, which I do all the time versus like, I'm going to hop in and try and hang on a group, which yeah. is exactly what we did last night. Yep. Speaking of my backpedal, we we did, or at least for me, it was the first dialed Tuesday night Zwift ride. That was the first one of the season. The first official one, or did you guys do another one last nope. Tuesday? No, first okay. official one, one so, of 21. For one this. of 21. Yep. And I had a blast when I started. My iPad was dead, and I tried to like plug it in, but you know that particular program takes a lot of, yeah. of battery life so i made it 40 minutes and then the the whole thing cut out but you know i pushed good watts the whole time it was great i had a blast it was yeah. fun it was flat i feel like everyone could kind of hang until that was the purpose early yeah. in the season keep it flat keep them together i felt like there well there was one spot where um i think i had to like plug you know the plug was coming out of the ipad and i had to like go adjust it and then i had to like give it the beans to get back <laughs> on the group and i was like i'm pushing like 300 350 watts for like a couple minutes and i was hurting bad when i finally caught back yeah. to the group so that was that was good i was glad i caught back up because otherwise it was going to be a very short ride and it was still a short ride because i got you know the battery died on me which is fine it was yeah. fun the other backpedal news of course i've been swimming a little bit but the other backpedal was that i did two runs this week so far and it's only wednesday oh wow I know. Which and I how did that feel? 
I'm trying to be very careful with it all. I did do a run before I left for Boston and I just went and did like a three miler on the trails and I was so sore for like five days. My quads were killing me. And I think it's like anytime I pick up the pace a little bit, the quads just fall apart and they turn to butter, which is weird because I've been biking a fair amount, but I think it's just different muscles for running. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so like what I'm doing is like, um, so if you guys aren't familiar with me, I've got a ridiculous Achilles problems. I've been having them for 20 years or so. Um, They're, it's at a point now where it's particularly bad and um, there's not a lot of options, even surgical options. Like I just have no options at this point. But, uh, so, but that's, it's also like how much more damage can you do? So I was just trying to very, very easily ease back into it. So it's two miles walk jog. And that's what I've done the past mm-hmm. couple days. So, so w- where do you think you're going to go with this? I mean, you're, are you just going to chase your tail here is it gonna be more of the same you like rinse run a little run a little bit yeah. and then have to sit out for another six weeks yeah or do you feel like you're missing the mark like you need to just give it a big chunk of time off and then yes, maybe do some that. different kinds of strength training some pt and then maybe you can ease your way back into it and find some so, semblance of so one of the things that's going on in my ankle is um is like at the bone level so it's kind of like think of like arthritis like it's just not going to get better yeah and so running on it is not good Actually, when I was talking to the doctor after the first MRI, he was like, you know what you should do? He's like, you should take up cycling. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, should I? I was like, well, I do have a couple of bikes. So uh, it was, it's one of those things where, you know, he's just like, don't, you know, don't run. And I thought, well, okay, I don't like that answer. So I could do six months in a boot. Right. Or I could do some different PT type stuff or I could try to slowly ease back into running after taking like a six week break. And the doctor is pretty confident that there's not much that they can do. There's not like a surgery to fix that. I mean, they could do like a joint or ankle replacement, but basically you're hobbling the rest of your life. Like there's nothing good. There's no good options. Yeah. But um, I'm jogging around anyway, so we'll see. So you've done multiple Ironmans. Yes. You've been a competitive triathlete, and you have a pretty storied career as a runner. Sure. Knowing that the running thing is really kind of becoming <laughs> your, your Achilles heel, yes. um, would you ever consider just putting it aside for maybe like a couple of years and just focusing on one sport, yep. becoming a swimmer or a cyclist, and just stay off the stupid thing and let it yeah. like, kind of do its thing? It's hard because... Like, what if someone said that to you? Like, why don't you like sit off of cycling for a little while and maybe try a different, maybe try paddleboarding or whatever. Like you like yeah. it is those things are fun. Yeah. But they're not like I know that. It's so they're not that like deeply oh, I love, ingrained in your I DNA. I love cycling. Yeah. Right. Like, so for me, you know, that like even like the walk jog that I did because I have had this big break of, of not running. Even like walk jogging for two miles was just fantastic. Put a smile like, on your face, I was yeah. Out there on the lake, and I do get that when I hop on a, a gravel bike or a mountain bike, and I get to hit the trails, and I'm getting to experience some of those same things. It's just really fun to to mm-hmm. be on on the trails. Well, I'm just your, thinking feet, that so. maybe a little bit of time off yep. could reinvigorate you to mm-hmm. on multiple levels and you, you find some yeah. health, you can get yourself back t- together and then you can go do other things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking that you do enjoy swimming and you do enjoy oh, yeah. I do. cycling. I love it. So yeah. that's the good news is yeah. like, had this been, you know, 10 or 11 years ago and this happened to me, yeah. I'd be, 
at a loss. Like I'd just be like, I don't, you know, I don't have anything else. Professional beer drinking. Professional beer drinking, which I also love. (laughs) But, um, but the past 10 or 11 years, I've fallen in love with swimming. I've fallen in love with biking. Sure. Swimming has been a little bit tricky recently because of the pandemic and you're, you have limited pool time and limited pool access. And so I'm swimming, like I was swimming six days a week and now I'm swimming like two days a week, which is not great. Um, but biking is, is fantastic. You know, it's, uh, it's getting to the time of year where we do move indoors more and there's so many good indoor options, which is fantastic, but it's just not as much fun as, as going out in the sun and, and doing yeah. a nice I'd ride. So. Just be really curious to see what would happen with you for selfish reasons. I'm going to talk about yeah, cycling, yeah, sure. but if you just set just the other stuff aside, maybe use the swimming as a little bit of cross training right. and just fully focused on cycling and maybe set you out to go do some time trialing or yes. go do some, I would like, like a dip your toe into the waters of gravel racing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're really, built keen. for well no not built by anything but i'm not built for sprinting no I don't, i'm just saying i don't know if you're built yeah or really keen on doing that the road racing stuff but i still think you would do fine there but i do know that when i yeah. first started riding with you yeah. and when we would go out and give it the beans out there at vancouver <laughs> lake yeah my god i was on the rivet with you on your yeah. tt bike and i'm trying to chase you down and, and keep up and you were crazy strong and that's when you were really like tuned in to right. um you know triathlon, triathlon stuff yep. um i i just feel like you've been not going through the motions, but you've been like yes. f- solely focused on your ankle and you're using your bike as a means of just saying fit, but you're not training. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to see what would happen if Matt Legrand just said, all right, I'm going to press pause on running yep. and I'm going to focus on building the bike and making myself as fast as I can possibly yeah. be there. What would happen? What would you be able th- to do with that? I think it's the, you know, when we, whenever we talk about like, how do you get motivated for these things? It's like, yeah. what for, you know, we always talk about like sign up for a race. Sign up for something. And so I think if there's that carrot that's there where it's like, I really want to do X, Y, Z. Do athletes. Aqua bikes. Aqua bikes are so, they're lame. Make them cool, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Make them cool. Um, I just think it's, it's hard because you're taking the part that you're, not that I'm saying I'm talented, but like you take the part where you're talented and you're good and you're taking that away. And then you're like, here are the other two sports that you're not that good at. Do you know? Do those and make those well, cool. Yeah, I, and I don't think they're cool. I, I well, mean, I've talked about this before in the podcast where it's like, it's your scrapper people that are hurt and can't do stuff, and they hop in the aqua bike, and if you win, it's still like, eh, you know, <laughs> you did, good job. But you know that you've got running in your yes your, your repertoire of like skills, and that's sure. something that you're awesome at, and you're not able to do that right now because right. you're hurt. Yeah, table yourself, shelve it, put it put it aside, yeah. and and let it kind of recoup itself, and then go get those two other things that maybe right. that's they're not and quite build. as strong of a skill set, and just build the crap out of them. Well, and the other thing that I just think that would be more of of building that motivation piece would just be you know signing up for a gravel event or signing sure. up for some sort of yeah you know I would love to do some sort of longer time trial thing I know I don't even have a time trial bike right now but it's like I I like that kind of stuff like that's what gets me excited mm-hmm. versus you know um maybe even like an aqua bike type event I'm not that I wouldn't do one yeah. I would do an aqua bike and I would have fun it would be great I probably had more fun like doing a triathlon and kind of hobbling through the the 5k and filming it all and having that part of the mm-hmm. that aspect of it all and part of me is okay with like I don't have to be as competitive anymore I'm enjoying filming all this stuff and I think that's okay and you you it's very hard to do both it's very hard to like do a really good job in a triathlon like race to win and try to film it Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I don't think you can do both. I mean, there are people that, that try. I just don't think it's turns out as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we do appreciate those videos that you put yeah. out and your perspective and all that stuff. I just feel like I, I see you over here wanting so bad and I, I kind of, re- it resonates with me because I yep. want to so badly get back to being competitive on yep. the bike. And I'm just like, I can't, I, yeah. I, I just can't do that right now at this, at this point in time, but I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with a means to an end for you. And, oh, yeah. for, and again, for selfish reasons, I'd love to see you just like fully jump into cycling because then we can go train together and do yep. all kinds of fun stuff together. Oh so. yeah, totally. Well, I definitely thought I thought about that same exact thing where it's like, oh, I can just hop on cycling. Yeah, like cycling's good. Cycling's fun. Yep. Yep. What was that, Lance? It's okay to have like a shift in focus for a little while. I mean, Matt's been struggling with this Achilles thing for so long, and I'm sure it's been extremely frustrating for you. But but I mean, to have a shift in focus or to change what your goals are with certain things is is okay. I mean. Things things wear out, things break down, you know, goals change and that's that's okay for that to happen. We all go through that kind of stuff. Too, yeah. So. And and I'm totally okay with that. And my my experience switching from running to triathlon, I know they, they seem similar, but for me it was like a world of difference. It was it was such a good experience that it just makes me think like, what if I take on some other sport? Maybe it's paddle boarding, maybe yep, it's there ping, you go. maybe it's ping pong. Yep. Like it doesn't <laughs> like I'm confident that I can <clears throat> switch and be passionate about something else. And I have no problem trying other things. So, All right. Your, what, your one last thing today is going to be the name of your YouTube channel for ping pong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> secret. It's a secret channel, right? There now. you go. Hey, Lance, you want to backpedal? I can backpedal. Um, I have been in Utah this whole last week. I came out here to spend some time with my son and daughter who are living in Utah. It was my son's 26th birthday yesterday. And so uh, we came out here, or I came out here to to hang out with them and whatnot. Um, On the bike, it has been, uh, it's kind of interesting that we were talking about this with Matt. I've had an extremely frustrating week um, on the bike. I am not, I'm not feeling good. Oh no, is your back? I've been I've been having some back issues, but I think the back issues just just led to this detonation of my my uh focus or my yeah. you know, it just I'm I'm struggling at the moment with my motivation for what I'm trying to do. My whole plan this year yeah. was to was was to hopefully do well in the Cyclocross Crusade series if it happened which actually starts this weekend coming yep. up. Yep. That, that was what my I was kind of gearing toward. And right as here as it's about to start, I have just lost my mojo. And I don't know if it's because I, I have done so much. I actually counted it up. We, um, I've done 43 races this year wow. already, and it's been, it's been a long season. And I'm I'm kind of uh, wondering if I have done too much. That's that's ridiculous. It's not that. Hey, Lance, 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 are you sure you want to drive to Utah to do a cyclocross race? Lance, 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 are you sure you want to drive down to Eugene uh, to go do a cyclocross race? Right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I kept, couldn't resist. I know. You're right. You're absolutely right. I just thought, what the heck? I just kept doing it. You know. I came out here. I made it here for a Tuesday night. They have a nightly race here uh, in or in, in Provo called P-Town Cross. And I was coming out of the same time with the kids, so I, I showed up to do this race. And they only had three waves, an A wave, a B wave, and a C wave. That was it. No other um, – Yeah. 
No, no age, other no age group, no anything. No ages, no nothing. Just A, Bs, or Cs. And the A's and B's went together, and the C's went together. So there were really only two like races. You know, it's a smaller race, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like signing up, and I'm like, I don't know if I should do the A's or the B's, because most of the older people did the B wave, and I'm just like, what the heck? I'll do the A's. Yeah, I think you should. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna roll up to the front row and just race with the A's. They blow the whistle, and I was immediately blown out the back. Ah, uh, that's good for you to every <laughs> once in a while have a hard race. It was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is embarrassing. I mean, I didn't feel good. My back didn't feel good. My legs yeah. didn't feel good. It was just like, oh, what are you doing? And so I was just immediately blown out the back. I think I beat one person. I think I was like second to last in the whole wave. And I got caught by like four people in the B wave. So... Yeah, not a real good okay. showing for me. So let me just say this. From the outside looking in, it sounds like you had one bad race and you're feeling very down on yourself or life or well, whatever. Let me t- let me t- Keep going. Let me tell you about this next race. Let okay. me Keep going. So wait, we so had two all- bad races out of 42. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. So all week, I, I struggled just, just motivating myself to get on the bike. I mean... There, there were three days where I would not have ridden if it wasn't for this stupid 100-day streak. Oh. So, I mean, I didn't even, like, I just wanted to, like, sleep and, like, hang out with my kids. I did not even want to ride my bike. And every time I got on my bike and started riding, I felt better. Yep. And I'm sure everybody goes through phases like this, but, oh, man, I just felt terrible. So, Saturday comes around. Uh, there's a race in Ogden, Utah, and it's a race I did last year in the 45 plus category and won by like 40 seconds. I had a great race last year, so I'm feeling pretty good. It's all the same people. Uh, there was a three or four other people. I didn't know who they were. And, um, I lined up, they blow the whistle. Um, I'm hanging with the leaders for the first lap and I did not even finish in the top 10. I just like, I just faded and faded. And so I, I, I think it's, I don't so, know. did you look at your power numbers? Are your, were your numbers really off? Like what, what are you seeing? My, my, my normalized powers on cross races are usually around 300. And I was only pushing like my normalized power was only like 260 in both these races so okay. like 40 watts lower for normalized yeah. that sounds substantial like just, a decent amount like just you know. out of curiosity have you uh, been feeling okay i mean like you're yeah. you don't have like a cold or anything like that coming on because there's a cold coming around and generally speaking your power meter is going to tell you that you're getting sick before you know you're getting sick it's called covid yep <laughs> <laughs> it's probably should I, not, uh, not joke around about it but <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I I don't feel like I'm sick at all. I okay. feel like I'm I feel like I'm tired. Gotcha. Like I'm worn out. Yep. You know, a little like, overtrained. Yeah, like I've done too much. Well, and you've been traveling. That's a that takes a lot. Yeah, but traveling in the van is like relaxing. It's it's good. I can stop whenever. I can. I've I've always got a place to relax. You know, so. Yeah. I don't know. I really think it's just because I've done too much. And so I don't know. That's, you know, I'm, I'm a real person. Stuff wears out and breaks down. And this is, you know, I've this, I've dug this hole myself. Is it going to rebound for the cross crusade? I have no idea. There's six races. Yeah. I feel like crap. I have like my expectations 
just went from hopefully like being in the top five in the series to I just want to go have fun at these races yeah. and I'm not going to worry about my results. Uh, so. It's not a bad way to look at any of this stuff, right? Yeah. Where it's like, this, this is supposed to be fun. Let's go do that. Or maybe that's the approach you take for the first week or two. And then you yep. just come off the, the bubble or the rivet for this rest of this week and see what happens. I mean, don't that's, write it uh, off, but just go out there and have fun and, and kind of rebound. And you're going to have a couple throwaway races in there anyway. So let these be them. Yeah, that's a good point. That's maybe what what I'll try to do. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know about you, but every time I tell myself I'm going to just go out there and have fun and I take that pressure off of myself, I generally have a better result. Me too. Yep. Right. So (laughs) that's cool. So you're, you're heading home. When are you going to be back in town? Is that a today thing? Tomorrow thing? Yeah. No, I'm only like, I'm only like eight hours from home. I'll be home tonight. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anything else, sir? I'll be back. No, that's about it. I just, you know, I, other than that, I had a great time hanging out with some friends and my kids and my kids' friends. And I even did some karaoke with my uh, daughter, which was freaking hilarious. Um, <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, she, was, she wanted to go do karaoke at some bar one night. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll come. And then I get there and I'm, I, I, I'm a, I'm an inborn ham. I can't turn off the, I can't help but like try to put on a show, and so whatever. <laughs> what was it, Foo Fighters? Um, I I did a I did Toto by Africa with <laughs> oh, my geez. daughter. Good, good call. All right, there you go. As a as a duet, we had a blast, and then she has this good friend, and he didn't want to do it, so I said I'd do a Van Halen song with him. So we did a Van Halen song. After nice. That. Right on. Yeah, it was it was a good time. Cool. So well, it'd be good to have you back in town. Yep. I'm I'm on, I'm on my way. There you go. Um, my back pedal's pretty quick, short and sweet. I rode on Zwift seven times. Oh no. So my shoulder and the whole that whole shoulder complex has just been really bad, not yeah. good, and I'm just trying to give it some rest. I also just needed to kind of have like a little downtime because I'm doing this whole like I ride my bike every day thing, and it's really stupid, and I'm on 427 days in a row. Yep. Don't do it. It's not smart. <laughs> <laughs> Don't recommend it to anybody, and uh, today will be day 64 of the dialed 100 as well, and I'm mm-hmm. just really looking forward to this year coming to wrap because I'm going to try and do a full calendar year because Matt mentioned that and that has been sitting yeah. back in my brain. He's like, you did 365 days, but you haven't done a calendar year yet. And then yeah, it just yeah. so happens oh. that a full calendar year will coincide with enough. me doing 500 days as there well. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, we did do the the Dial Tuesday's Whiff Ride last night. And that was a lot of How fun. How did it go after the first, whatever I made, first loop or something? Yeah, we did three laps. It, was, it ended up being 35 miles and um, the group basically we had one hot lap and the group shrunk down uh, as that lap went around because it was pretty hot, a little spicy, um, down to four people. And it was myself, Evan Price joined us on the ride last night, which is kind of cool. And then David Barna and Alan Plank. And when we got to the uh, the last section, it just pretty, pretty much became a sprint finish. Alan um, jumped early and was able to hold some pretty nice big whites. work, Mr. Watts. Plank. <laughs> I went back I and looked it. at my, wow. my power and I'm like, yeah, that was pretty pathetic. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I haven't done any uh, any intensity in since the end of the flogging ride. And so it's been about Blank's five or six a, weeks. He's got a lot of get up and go. He does. He's a strong dude. And he was then, on the podcast last week, yep. and he's fantastic on the podcast. Yeah, we yeah. like Alan. He's, he's a good, good dude. He's good. Um, and then I was trying to chase him down. I'm like, my legs are like saying nope. And then David Barna came around me and came in second. I came in third, and Evan uh, came in fourth. So that was fun. But yeah, that was a good time. And that's about all I have to say about that. 
let's let's talk about some other stuff that's going on in the world. Um, did you guys hear about the stuff on speaking of Swift, uh, the the Swift updates oh, that are coming down right. the pipeline? Have you guys? I, I wanted just to touch on this a little bit because this is going to affect me personally quite a bit in quite a good way oh, with I was some of the updates that are coming out. I was thinking you were talking about the like local legends on Zwift. Well, that's lame, but exactly. Yeah. That's why I, I saw that. Gonna... And that was the first thing I did. I'm like, really? That's like the uh, least thing I, I care about ever. And like, that's where right. we're putting our, our time, energy and effort. And then I saw an article that DC Rainmaker had posted. And okay. I guess Zwift now is doing kind of like all the other big mogul <laughs> companies out there that are like, they're, you know, doing their own little presentation, little keynote, but they did something yeah. similar, they, but they only did it for media. They didn't do a, a public launch. Okay. But anyway, long story short, they came out with three different things that are going to be changing on Zwift here pretty soon. Uh, the first one was that they've got their new map, um, the new oh, New Yokio cool. map. Um, it's basically Tokyo. It's the, the whole, you know, neon looking thing. Looks kind of cool. I, I Looks mean, awesome. It's fun to have more maps and different things to do and different options. Um, but I, I, there's other things that I wish that they would invest in more as opposed to more maps because um, they have been coming out with new maps pretty regularly. But to, to know that they're coming out with a new map, no, that's great. And then the other things started to pop up. I'm like, yes, they're, they're finally starting to make some traction there. The, the, the new user interface that's going to come up. So they're going to have a whole new UI look to it. When you first log in there, it's going to be a lot more simplistic in terms of like, all right, do I want to come in here? Do I want to train? Do I want to compete? Or do I want to go explore? It's just going to make that process a little bit more simplistic. The When you first log into Zwift, it's been the same since almost its Forever. inception. And, and it is kind of little, crappy. Yeah. So now you're going to log in and you're going to have the ability to kind of go do what you want to do a little bit more seamlessly, a little bit more easy. And it's just, it looks nice. And, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I mean, a, a new user interface is always kind of fun. Sometimes that gets you inspired to go different things or see different routes and and whatnot um so that was kind of cool the one thing though that that they announced this will be the third thing that really kind of hit home with me i'm like it's about friggin' time is the club expansions and they've been talking about this it's been in beta for a while they had their zwift version that they invited certain people to i don't did you get in that was it jarvis or something like that yeah so they've been running beta on it for god knows how long and i've not been paying attention yeah been too busy but they finally announced that, and it's going to finally be super simple for us to start running team rides, team races, or club rides and club races. And that makes sense. Right now, I don't know if anybody out there has ever set up an event with Zwift, and it's a lot of fun. Like last night, we have yeah. fun. Like you, you they, they lump everybody together. Um, you know, you can see like everybody's color coded, and they keeps everybody on the same route with each yeah. other. And you have the options of making it a race. You have you can you know, tune out the effect, you can all do the that. things. You can tune out all of the other riders on there and and we don't do that because it's really hard if somebody yeah. wants to join the ride and they're right. not connected or they're late then they won't be able to see us and we won't be able to see them so we keep it on so we see the rest of the world yeah. but the the work that goes into that behind the scenes is a little bit of a hassle um, oh, yeah. i have to put it out there to the world like hey if you want to join our ride if if you want to be a part of this rides that we're going to be doing on tuesday nights you need to go on to zwift and you have to connect with me personally and i like I, i'm not asking i don't care about having more followers but you need to connect with me and if we're not connected i can't send you an invite how many, to how many Zwift followers do you have i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i have it on private so that i don't yeah. get followed by every time yeah, and yeah. i actually went and removed probably a good hundred of them because oh, yeah. i was open but long story short, I have to go through and make sure that we're connected. So I have to go pay attention to make sure that yep. you know, I'm connecting with them and following them back. And then when I go to actually launch a ride, 
if I have to go in there and set up all the different parameters, like where we want to ride, what do we want to go for time or distance? What routes do you want to do? And then you have to add people. So then I have to go into the plus button. And when we first had this option, you could only add, I think it was up to 50 people. Yeah. And then now they have it to a hundred, but I have to go through there and I have to like select every single person. And if you follow like, I don't know, like 500 people, it's hard. It's hard. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. And that's why I trimmed it down. To, so it was just people that I know. Right. Um, so I can go and send them all an invite. Well, they've at least changed it now from 50 to hundred. I think at some point in time it might've been 80. And so they've been ramping that up. So it's just, it's a hassle that, you know, to go through and like select, select. who gets to go. Well, and then once that's done, then you hit, you know, save, and then it'll send out an invite to everybody. And then they have to go and, and look at their notifications like, yes. and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Where now it's just going to be a club. So Matt could come and he could join the dial yep. cycling club page on there or team page or whatever we end up having in. It'll have its own little um, events events that we can set up. You'll have your own avatar. You'll have your own color and you can just kind of customize a little bit. So That's people cool. will know who you are and you'll join the club. And then all I have to do now, if I'm not mistaken, is go create an event in the club the and club. then everybody gets an invite. And yeah. that just makes life so much more simplistic for me. So yeah, yeah. that's good. You know, you know, what else is great about that is it, it should make any type of Swift event we do much easier for people to join. I mean, I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. We could have listeners to the podcast. Yep. Get be part of the club and can ride with us virtually. Yep. What's easier than you having to try to friend somebody that is a listener that you don't know their name and don't know what you know? It's Correct. Just, I love that. Yeah. Right. How open are you going to be? Anyone that wants to join can join. Are you going to approve people? How um, How do you want to I do it? I think that that's going to be. Are there limits? To That'll club be sizes? determined based on the number of people that they'll allow into a group ride. Mm. If it's going to be unlimited, then I don't have a problem. Anybody wants to come join us, that's yeah. fine. And um, you know, it, it, we're going to still have the Discord thing. So you know, yep. I, I I don't have a problem with those people coming. If they're a problem, maybe we'll have the ability to kick them out. <laughs> you yeah, know, you don't want some person coming in there and ruining things. But um, yeah, as long as I you have some some ability to kind of moderate things or, you know, just kind of keep everything in check, then I don't have a problem. If anybody wants to come ride with us, Hey, that's great. I know I could always use more cycling friends. So, so I was really excited about that. And there's a lot more that I could probably dig into. And, you know, we can do like racing on there. Like we can set up our own races and we can post them and say, Hey, Oh, cool. Like a club race. Exactly. And we can do that now, but again, it's still a pain in the butt to send the invites to all the people and to to promote it. But Mm -hmm. if we wanted to do stuff, once we get this launched, that'd be fantastic. Now, the downside is, is I think we're still looking at a few more months before they roll this out. Oh. They didn't say, they said probably maybe early 22, maybe? Early next year. Yeah. So Which that's typically, or we'll see. It, this, this article in Vela News says that sometime in November 2021, but you know how those Okay, well, when I was reading DC's at the end, I think he mentioned that it was possibly 22, so I think it's still kind of up in the air. If it's November, hey, that would be fantastic. That would make me super happy because we do have this 21-week thing that we do with Zwift, and we're on year five, and I'd I'd love to have that as an option. It, It really makes things quite nice, so... This is cool. I didn't know anything about other. I mean, I've heard some like little bits and tidbits of, of different headlines and pieces, but like I didn't, I haven't read this article yet about all the changes that are coming to Zwift. So that's exciting. Yeah, I should make a video about it, or we should. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be actually especially really good when idea. we explore the club stuff. Yeah, cool. Anything that you want to add to that, Lance? I know that you're not the biggest Zwift fan. Not that you don't like Zwift. It's just you hate riding on the trainer. Yep. Yeah, it's just that I hate riding the trainer. Actually, as far as being on the trainer, Zwift is the thing I love the most about being on the trainer. So yeah, it's you know good. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like those options for sure. They needed to make a, a change to the homepage anyway. Yeah. And it'll make it easier to navigate things too. So Yeah. And have you gotten on there and looked at their training programs or platform or rides, the, the programs that you can use on there? Has, I haven't looked at it in the longest time. I And generally when I do go on there, it's I'm using something that I made for myself. But do you know if they've invested in anything there? It just seems like that would be such a, a natural next step to try and take a, some business away from the likes of Trainer Road. And it doesn't seem like it would be terribly difficult to, to have some better training programs on there. But do you know anything about that? I I don't know if they've added more training type things. Yeah. I know that if I have a choice between doing a workout, I, I'm a Trainer Road subscriber yep. and I use their workouts all year long. Yep. Um, but, it, but if I can find a similar workout on Zwift, I would much rather do it on Zwift Correct. because it's a lot more virtual. So yeah. I may have said this last year, there were many times where, where there were simple workouts that I was doing, like, like, uh, on like sweet spot workouts that had certain distances. I would recreate them in Zwift so that I could do them on Zwift and not have to do it on trainer road. Gotcha. But, yeah, just, so I, I don't know if they've updated things. I just know that. Yeah, I haven't seen anything come out specifically, and I guess I just need to get on there and kind of look around. But it's like you go look at some of their training plans, and it's just like, what's the purpose of this? And you're you're throwing all of this stuff as it just so that it it looks you know all colorful and cutesy, or is it? What, what is your reasoning behind this? So I'm hoping that at some point in time they they really dial that in because it would um, I think it would make the platform that much more valuable. I know that last year Matt Lieto, who is a he's He's a former professional triathlete, and he's a gravel racer now. He's, he's had some medical issues the last couple of years that have kind of kept him out of racing. But um, he developed a whole, like, gravel training program that you could actually do on Swift. And his workouts oh, really? were quite, yeah, they were quite focused on the, the unique things that you need to have in gravel. And there were, as you were doing, I did, like, five or six of his workouts on Swift. And as you did them, there were... There were there would be dialogue that would pop up to say this is why we're doing this at this point this is how it relates to a race you know nice. you're gonna hit a yeah you're gonna hit a point where you know we're doing low cadence you know grind up a hill and and uh, we're doing this because you're gonna hit a point where you're geared out on your bike and you have to grind low cadence to try to stay with the lead group I mean yeah. it was. It reminds me of trainer. Yeah. You use trainer road. I feel like that's like the one of their things is where they pop up and then give you like instructions on the they, how you're feeling, why yeah. you should feel this way, what you're doing. You know, it's kind of cool. About about half of their workouts have in ride instructions. Not not all right. of them. Yeah. And I, I the in ride instructions are valuable. It tells you what you should be what you should be thinking about, what you should be focusing on. Okay, let's let's do this one um, down in the drop. So that you, you know, work a different set of muscles. Let's do this one at this cadence. And, and that kind of, without those in-ride instructions, just the, 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 the quality of the workout just improves dramatically. So yeah, I guess I like that. Cool. Well, I think that that's uh, that's pretty valuable. I'm gonna have to go check that out because that would be something that I might be interested in, in looking into and possibly following if it's a, a functional, productive workout. 
Yeah. Um, Any other comments on this Wiff stuff? I've got another one that I wanted to jump into, if you guys are good with that. Um, Yep. Okay. So it's not brand new news. This came out, oh gosh, I don't know, towards the end of August, if I'm not mistaken. But SRAM has their little collection of companies, if you will. Um, And they've uh, since launched a Gravel-specific lineup, the Explorer, um, minus any vowels. Right. (laughs) Um, That's the thing to do now. Exactly. It was. And I guess it's coming back. I don't know. Yeah. The Wahoo. I don't know. Anyway. It's Wahoo's thing. You can't (laughs) can't Um, use it. Yeah. So you've got a dropper post. You've got a gravel-specific drivetrain. You've got a gravel suspension fork. And you've got gravel-specific wheels. And it's really just like catering to the gravel market. Now, I think that there's some cool stuff here. And there's some other stuff that I'm still kind of curious if it's going to be, you know, all that in a bag of chips. But I was kind of curious. Are you guys in on this stuff is do you think that this is stuff that we need for gravel or is it just somebody trying to sell us more stuff or are we just slowly turning gravel bikes into cross-country mountain bikes what's what's yes, the deal yes to all of those we need it <laughs> we are slowly turning these bikes into cross bikes or you know some sort of cross-country mountain bike type bike uh are they trying to sell us more stuff absolutely so but you know, I when I when I started looking at this stuff, I immediately thought of Lance because, you know, it, it's it is really interesting this concept of just adding more suspension to bikes. There's study after study showing that you know as you add suspension on any sort of rough roads, it's so much faster. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, my big question is like, you know. Yes, yes, yes on all the suspension. I like it. You know, your your hangups are going to be like, well, it's going to weigh more and it's going to be way more expensive. Other than that, I don't have a major issue with it. I did have questions for you, Lance. Like, do you, what are you allowed to do in cyclocross? Are you allowed to have, I mean, like, I know that you can't just grab your mountain bike and, and do those, right? I mean, I know a lot of people do that, but I don't think that's really allowed by the uh, official rules, is it? Um, no, uh, beginner beginner races, no one cares. Um, lo- local races, stuff like that, no one cares. It's right. actually only the races that are um, actually put on by the UCI. Yes, it's not even not even not even all of U- USA cycling races uh, have all these rules but it has to be a drop bar bike um there can't be suspension on it um the the tires can't be any bigger than 33 millimeters 33 is the largest tire you can have and they actually measure it if um if they're adhering to the uci rules and so yeah there are specific rules with that and and quite frankly in a in a cyclocross race a, a cyclocross bike um, is generally faster than any of the others. If, well, you that know, would make sense, a, right? Yeah. yeah, That would right. make sense if that's the situation, but I'm sure there are courses, cyclocross courses, you know, depending on the whatever, that a mountain bike would be faster or any sort of bike with suspension would be faster, theoretically. Uh, yes, there are. And I, you know, I've even done some races. But Recently. even, uh, the, yeah, the one at Alderbrook, um, where I had really a really good day in the 50 plus field and I took fourth and, uh, the guys who took second and third were both on mountain bikes because mm-hmm. the course kind of favored a mountain bike setup, but you know, we're not, we're doing this for fun. It was it yeah. didn't, we didn't need UCI rules in a race like that. So. No, no, I get that. I'm and, told, I just, and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. I just, I, I think that they're, 
there are, I mean, I think there's fairly clear data that having suspension is faster. Yeah. Depending on the situation, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, if you're on a buttery smooth road, it's obviously not going to be faster. But like, for the most part, other than that, it's like, if you're on any sort of reasonably rough roads, even gravel, right? Like most gravel roads aren't going to be perfectly, you know, buttery gravel, I don't think. No. So, so suspension's going to be a touch faster. You're going to have better rolling resistance. Yes, they're always better on rowdier courses. Rougher courses, suspension is always better, with the caveat of how much climbing there is. If there's right. too much climbing and you have a weight penalty because of the suspension parts you have on your bike, yeah. you are going to climb slower. Now, the you know? component set that Jake mentioned was the Red Ex- or the um, SRAM Explorer stuff. The weight penalty is yeah. not super massive on that, from what I saw. Yeah, well, the gravel fork on that um, is a little it's bit called heavy. a Rudy. It's one thousand two hundred fifteen grams. I need to double check and see what a weight the weight of a um, of a fork it's is. A but fork. I mean, there are like road frames that yeah. weigh less, like the the frame set, the fork and the frame weigh less than that two hundred fifteen gram or two thousand or one thousand two hundred fifteen grams. But I mean, for a fork, that's super light. It's still light. It's really light. And and I, I what I thought was interesting about that particular component was it still had like rivets for adding like panniers or like what like travel bags like which you would want to do if you're riding gravel, possibly your right? fenders too keeping fenders. that mud and dirt off. And you. I just thought, wow, okay, because th- you start thinking like, okay, well, what are you gonna what are you gonna give up? You're gonna it's gonna be super heavy it's definitely gonna be you know expensive you don't want to give up your your attachment points for different things because it is you know kind of a utility bike but it sounds like they're trying to they're trying to cover all that stuff so let me let me see this the carbon forks generally are between like 500 and 800 grams yeah the carbon forks are right about in there and this one is 1200 grams and it has 30 millimeters of travel, which is also right. fully locked outable yes. for climbs. You know, I'll, I, I got to tell you, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a gravel race or on a gravel ride where that 30 millimeters of travel on that front fork would just be just butter. It would just be so nice to have that little bit of travel. I mean, I'm like, there's two parts to this this whole Explorer gravel set that are extremely intriguing to me, and it's it's the fork and the seat post. Yep. The other stuff, um, you know, you can kind of. I'm on know, the, the same exact wavelength <laughs> with you, my friend. There's because they've got their their drivetrain, and then they've got their wheel set, and then they've yeah. got the fork, and they've got the the dropper post. I can do with that out the wheel set I can do without yeah. the drivetrain because actually I think I prefer like the the range that they have on a lot of their stuff right now that's more of a mountain bike set um okay what just, do you ride on I can't see from here is do you, do you have something big back there is it I like do a ten, is I, it like a 1050 like is it it's big, exactly big? what it is 1050. it's a 1050 and Lance has the 1052 on his bike okay. right now yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah, I actually I, quite I, like that with the 46 tooth chain ring up front I think I right. find that that does really well for me. It's a very well-rounded gear ratio set. They announced like a 1044, so something kind of in between like a road and a... And yeah. it, it probably depends on where you live, right? Like if you, yes. if you live around here, we have the hills. Yeah, if We have the hills that you can use yeah. whatever you got. I mean, there's hills that we'll go back and do that are like sometimes three, four, five miles long, and they're yeah. not... They're pretty pitchy, yeah. dog. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. they... Uh, they... they 
yeah. Anyway, so having that extra get a bit of uh, gearing for climbing is really nice. And we do a lot of stuff on the bike too that, you know, I, I want to go ride some single track stuff. Yeah. And around here, you're not going to find buttery smooth stuff. You're going to still be doing yeah. with rocks and roots and ruts. And in, in the bike that you have, it's called the, the what's it called? The Oors. Oors. It's short for unrestricted. Yeah. And, and that does have some suspension-ish type pieces it to does it. it does it's got which a little, little unique, elastomer it, which exactly currently it, on the market it's still pretty unique it right? is and it's about 10 or 15 millimeters of travel in this elastomer bit that goes in the uh the seat stay yeah and it really dampens yeah. a lot of the the trail chatter that you get and it just helps you keep better traction on the road so if, just, if it's going to make you more comfortable and yeah. give you better traction and there's not really a weight penalty i don't find that like if i get into a sprint that it's slowing me down at all yeah it, it works really well I think there was a video recently that Dylan, what's Dylan's last name? Johnson. Johnson yep. Yeah, that he did. And he was talking about, you know, having uh, f- his suspension fully locked out or just wide open and how much time and, and wattage he lost. Yeah. He was like nothing. Yep. And that was like, okay, well, there's not as many negatives to having suspension as you'd think. So, you know, why not put it on every bike? I mean, I don't know, not every bike, but yeah, you can see why it's valuable yeah. on gravel. I'm I'm all for it. I can see why the purists are like, don't, you know, don't turn our bikes into mountain bikes. Yeah. I can, I can see the argument there. Yeah. But, but you know, if you can lock it out and that's going to make you feel a little bit more comfortable, that's fine. If it's going to keep better, um, connection with the tire and the, the surface that you're riding on, that's a huge advantage. And like Lance said, you know, he's won races yeah. because of his ability to take some chances and, yep. and having the bike be um, that much more like responsive to dealing with the different kinds of terrain. So do you think that people that are buying gravel bikes are really worried about the speed or are they more worried about like having a bike like that for a utility bike or, you know, adventure bike or I get people coming into the lab all the time. And the biggest driving thing for that person to want to get a gravel bike is number one, just getting off the road yep. with cars. That's yeah. the biggest thing. The, the second to that is like, I'm really intrigued by this, the beauty of being out there on yep. these gravel roads, what I can see and just having another bike that I can have is like a, another option. I mean, that yeah. that's probably the second biggest thing. But like I said, getting away from cars is the number one thing. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I think, I think most of it, people seeking adventure and not as much racing. And if that's, you know, uh, so, if that's yeah. the case, then why not have it be, you know, yeah. suspension from hell? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm going right. crazy here. But, like, you can imagine that, like, a comfortable ride is, is nice. Like, we all like bigger tires. We yeah. all like the the feeling of, of connectivity to the, you know, trail itself and not, you know, falling all over the place. I, I don't have a major issue with this new component set. You know, uh, w- we need someone to argue the other side of the coin where it's like, don't turn my gravel bike into a mountain bike. We need that guy. For that person, I'll tell you, they still make full rigid they, gravel they do. bikes. You they know, do. don't, you know, if, they, if there's a couple of different brands that have very racy, uh-huh. like gravel bikes. Sure. Which is, and, and that's cool too, actually. Like almost, like I love the fact that like road bikes are getting you know, a little bit more spacious mm-hmm. for tires. Cause then you can go big, big, you know? Oh yeah. 
which would be cool. Like I would love to throw on like some massive tires like yeah. on my road bike if I could in the winter. Yeah. So because who cares? BMC right? has their road machine, which is mm-hmm. a road bike, right? But they call it their Swiss army knife of bicycles. Yeah. And the, the, the clearance on in the stays and the fork are pretty substantial. I As a matter of fact, like up to 30 or something. It's more than that. Is it more than that? We fit for a customer who asked, we fit some 33 millimeter That's gravel awesome. tires on there and there was still room to spare. And yeah. his thought was, I might even be able to get some 35s on here. I wouldn't Ooh, personally do yeah. it because the, the clearance and the tolerance there just isn't fantastic. But to have that, and, and that's what he's using that bike for, is to ride mixed surfaces and a little bit of gravel stuff now. So yeah. Yeah, it, it, you can yeah. do that kind of stuff, and it is kind of neat to see the, yeah. those bigger tolerances. But. Well, in, in the wintertime when you, you yeah. know, yeah. you're just going to yeah. get out there and get the miles in, mm-hmm. like it'd be great to go big. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the whole premise of this whole discussion was to talk about all these little things let's move into some of the other things like let's talk about the dropper post do we need to have a dropper post on a gravel bike i i i can tell you that uh my previous bike had a dropper post on it and i loved having it you don't you don't necessarily need it because my my current bike i have the bmc ers and i don't have a dropper post on it uh but i but i miss it Yep. Yep. There, I always, I always find situations where I kind of wish I had the dropper post, and oh my gosh, this Explorer dropper post just is so intriguing. I, I kind of want one so bad. I'm going to tell you, I 100 want one, and I don't kind of want one. I need one in my life. <laughs> I need. <laughs> so there's oh, a couple man. reasons why I love this one. First and foremost, it's electronic and it's wireless and you push a yeah. button and it's so simple to install and to have it's that wireless yes yes you need so it because it's wireless we need it because it's of the wireless yes you don't have to run uh, those cables it's not a killing huge me. hassle so you've got that and then the second thing is it's like i like there's going to be people that don't race or like well, why would i need a dropper post well you get yourself down lower yep. when you're going through technical stuff or if you're on a long descent just getting your center of gravity down yes it's confidence inspiring and yes that can help you go faster but i think it's just safer in general uh, yeah you know, i think so too i think that's the big thing is the safety of, yeah. of having that as an option and there's so many times where you might hit like a, a pothole or something like that and your your center of gravity is really high and you're not able to absorb that and it's going to kick you over the bars you don't want that to happen okay wait let descending me, right huh? did we have a didn't we have a teammate in a race this week who got pitched over the bars oh. by hitting a whoop and broke something broke his collarbone or something yes we did Yes, and that was just from, from you know, I, not that you would have a dropper post like this in a cyclocross race, but that that, that could have prevented that very thing. Yeah, and but a lot anyway. of times dealing with that kind of a situation, and, and you'll run across that kind of stuff out there on gravel roads. You'll see just about everything, but being able to get your weight back and being able to get your yep. weight down makes a huge difference with your bike handling. And we know this from experience in racing and riding mountain biking. Yeah. So I think that that's a huge benefit there. And then there is the race component. Like Lance, when you're bombing downhill on your oars, do you ever get in that super tuck position? I have gotten into a super tuck on my gravel bike on a gravel road. Yeah, so yes, that, I have done that. That's that should be a big no-no. I mean, it just it's takes one stupid. little thing at speed and next thing you know you're done. But if you've got a dropper post now, then you can get that down. I think it's up to what 40 75 millimeters or whatever. They've got two different options. Was. Yeah, I, I'll pull that up here in just a second, but it's just getting it, 75 millimeters. Just getting down that that much makes a huge difference in your aerodynamics and that center of gravity. How, how much does it does it add a lot of weight to the bike? Do you remember? 
It's going to add some weight. I don't know. I don't have those I'm numbers impressed. right in front of me. I'm impressed that of the size that they can do it in that small of a diameter, right? Yeah. Like, because that's pretty interesting. Because then you start thinking, well, let's put, you can put this on any bike. Yeah. One of the cool things about this one in particular, though, is there, there, a lot of gravel bikes, or just about all of them, are going to be a 27.2 seat post diameter. Okay. So the problem is there just aren't a lot of dropper posts out there in this day and age yeah. that are 27.2. So not only is this one a 27.2, right. but um, um, it's it is pretty lightweight, and one of the things that they did was they have it. It's only it's air spring only. So right. in having that, it, it drops the weight down, and it makes it so it can be a smaller diameter. Yep. And just having it be an air spring as well, with no dampener in there, um, when it's down or it's it's disengaged from its most locked out position, it actually has a little bit of a shock um, yeah. quality to it. So yeah. you actually get a little bit of a, 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 a reprieve there too from more stuff. So you've got a little bit more suspension in theory. So there's a lot of pluses to this and they do have two different options. They've got one that drops down 50 millimeters and they have one that drops oh. down 75 millimeters. So you can pick your, your poison there. And I wonder if it's like, if you're tall or if you need a lot of seat posts on your bike, it's better to pick the big one versus, I don't know. That'd be uh, interesting. Maybe it just might be more to do with the kind of riding that you'd like yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. And it, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of a weight savings. If you're going with That's something true. from 50 to 75, the whole thing seems so, to be like dependent upon what kind of riding you like to do. Like if, if you're doing, if you know you're going to descend mm -hmm. some difficult terrain and yeah. you're going to use it, then yep. it, absolutely. Yeah. But if you're on mild gravel roads, like when you're bike packing or something like yeah. that, the, that kind of like kind of slow crawl, I feel like you're not hammering anywhere on yeah. the bike it's packing. It's probably side just not necessary. Yeah. Plus, yeah. if you're bike packing, maybe you're gone for extended periods of time. You don't want to be dealing with more electronics. Yeah. 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 All of these take batteries. So, yep. what were you going to say, Lance? I I found the weight on it. It's 560 grams, so it's really not um, that heavy. But I I can't tell you how how intriguing it is to be able to just move it, and it's featherable. Some some dropper posts aren't featherable. It's either all the way up or all the way down. You could you could drop it down like a centimeter, mm -hmm. and then you have a shock absorber. It it like it it. It moves up and down. I mean, Lance, what are you asking for? What are you going to ask for for Christmas, I'm, buddy? I want this for Christmas. I'm like so. I'm so intrigued by it. Yeah. I'm like, I want it on my bike. It yeah. just it it like checks all the boxes. Yeah, and what's more is like you don't have to have the the SRAM or electronic shifting on your bike right. in order to make this work. They do make a remote, and I believe it's an extra charge, but they do have a yeah. remote that you can put on your bars, and then you've got you know wireless remote. electronic shift dropper or, or dropper post yeah. that fully works. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's cool tech. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm I'm excited for, and this is probably multiple iterations away, where we're looking at the vibration on the road and automatically adjusting suspension. Like a brain kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Specialized had that brain piece thing, but I imagine that SRAM would have all the pieces around the bike that sure. they could just they some could sort of sensor yep. do yep. based in, in even in the pedals, right? Where you're like detecting vibration in the pedals itself. Now that they have the speed play, I guess, I don't know what they're going to, it doesn't seem like they would add that for gravel, but who knows what they've got planned, but you know that, and then it's just like, okay, then we can adjust suspension throughout the bike based on vibrations from the road. Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah. They've, it's going to be pretty killer. Just have a smart bike to go out there and smart do everything. Bike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about the gravel wheels? Do we need gravel specific wheels? Lance, where, where are you at on this? Uh, that was just not intriguing to me at all. I, I don't think so. I mean, you, you need something that's going to hold. 
I, I don't know. I mean, wheels have come a long way. They're, almost every company has some type of gravel wheels. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. They're, 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 mountain biking has been making uh, whatever. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> they, talked, they talked about how, like, there was some additional compliancy within the wheel from, yeah. like, side to side. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to have that extra compliance yeah, that flex i just like feel negative, like it sounds it? like something that's going to wear out eventually um i i think that you know i almost prefer to have a little bit more of a stiff wheel and then create my compliancy through running the appropriate kind of tire mm. at the at the appropriate kind of tire pressure yeah so yeah, right that's just kind of where i'm at but i have no idea I, I believe they're a little bit on the pricey side too i don't have that right in front of me but zip tax we used to call it exactly <laughs> they were they were 1800 bucks the wheel set. Oh, that's okay. expensive, but it's not deal breaking. Yeah. You know, as long as yeah. the internal width of the the tire is correct and it works with the gravel tires that you want to run, and that it's uh, tubeless compatible, hookless, and hookless yeah. potentially. Probably. That's where that's the industry what, is going. going. And yeah. Zip is pretty much doing all their stuff. It seems like hookless yeah. now. So, I mean, it it's not something that I wouldn't ride, but in the same breath, it's not something that I think that I need or that I would spend my money on. So, um, thoughts then, where are we at? We, we kind of talked about the drive all of us, all of us nerded out and we're like, yes, give me all the, the <laughs> new toys, Yeah, which is just, it's how we are. I yeah. think we're all like, yep. we're all tech junkies on this particular podcast. We need Evan. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Price? He'd be like, give me a time trial bike that I can take on a gravel road that with zero <laughs> compliance <laughs> with my old an LA. aero helmet. Yeah. <laughs> with my old LA, yeah. yeah. Aluminum only. So Lance, what will you be purchasing in the next year? Ooh, good question. Um, I, I'm, I'll definitely get the dropper post at some point. Uh, it, if I can find it, I'll get that. The, the fork is is very intriguing to me, but, um, not as intriguing as the dropper post is. Gotcha. Um, I think I'm pretty much in the same boat. I, I want to ride that fork. I'm, I'm really intrigued by it. I want to yeah. know how it performs. I want to know how it feels. I want to feel if I'm feeling like I'm losing any kind of, you it's, know, yeah, what responsiveness. Does look, what does so. it look like? I, I'm curious about that. Does it look like a big, Fork? I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I don't want it. Doesn't. It, it, it. I don't want it to look like I'm riding a mountain bike. I mean, I, sometimes I really think that the gravel bikes are just pretty bikes. You know, I just think that they look. It depends on the gravel bike, but I just think that certain gravel bikes just have like this kind of uh, just beauty to them. Of like, it's almost like that classic like minimum kind of style. Gotcha. So, um, I don't know. I, oh yeah. Okay. There, yeah, there's, there's a picture of it. Yeah. It looks, it looks fine. Yeah. It looks fine. It doesn't look beefy or doesn't heavy. Look it looks, it looks appropriate for a gravel bike. I think size wise, it looks like it, it belongs. Um, I it's still kind of looking at this bike that looks like a road bike. That's got suspension on it. I, I mean, yeah, it's like, what are you bike? But I think once you get on it, ride what it, are you, <laughs> who are you bike? Yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> um, but I think once you ride it, I think the proof's going to be in the pudding. Once we can get a demo ride on this, I'm either going to fall in love with it and, and see all of the qualities or I'm going to be like, eh, I can live without that. But the dropper post for sure. What's BMC going to do? Are they going to come up with a whole new bike to kind of support this component set? Are they going to just drop all that stuff on their current bike setup? What? Well, this will work with any bike. Yeah. Any, yeah. 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 So you can install it on any gravel bike you pretty much want. Um, they probably don't have announcements coming out anytime soon. It's not the time, well, right time of year. Yeah, it's not spec'd on any of their bikes right now mm-hmm. for 22, but it might be something that we see in 23. And I know that they're already yeah. talking about Canyon possibly specking it with the bike, their yeah, Grizzle. Yeah, the Grizzle. Yeah. Canyon's an interesting company. Yeah. I, I just don't... Th- I mean, I'm excited about them. I think that they there's 
there's so much potential for that company. I just think that they they need to price accordingly outside of Europe. I know that the prices in Europe are really good and they just need to bring that over to the US. Yeah, cuz there it's, it's well it's buying a Canyon here it's just like going in a bike shop right. and buying it. and yeah. the whole thing was like oh direct to consumer it's going to be money. 20% 30% yeah. less and that's just not it the case. It hasn't happened yet. But no. I still think yeah, I still think that there's potential for them to figure out the US and now's not the time to be reducing bike prices because there's still a massive demand and a shortage of supply, so Correct. Yep, they're going to have to get pretty competitive, though, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the bike world. Pawn is taking over cycling. <laughs> That's the parent company that just purchased. Uh, we oh, talked about it a little bit yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, The Cannondale. Yeah, and, the cycling sports group, which is Cannondale. Cervelo. They own Cervelo. Right. So, yeah, there's there's stuff going on. I think that they just purchased Mike's Bikes, which was a huge specialized retailer, and now they're not dealing with oh. specialized anymore, and Pawn bought them, and that's going to be one of their... Uh, Direct. You think you think something's really a afoot here, wow. or or do you think they're just like these are our brands? We have all these different brands. I think that they're trying to to go big. I think, think that they're they want trying to make something happen. Yeah. Like we're going to be big, and I just they're I, they're buying up stores, they're know. buying up brands, they're going to do direct to consumer, and they're going to have their own um, their own stores. So I, mm. they can be sell to you over the internet, or you can go into one of their shops. You can have one of their concept stores that you can walk into. They want to. They want to go big. Something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. The, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Yep. <laughs> um, group set. Are you leaving that one alone, though, Lance? Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, it's intriguing that they make it a little beefier for you know off-road stuff and a little more travel. But uh, I'm I'm really happy just with my my force setup on my gravel yeah. bike. So I don't think. Their rear derailleur too. It's only going to be one by specific, which is kind of interesting yeah. that they're really just all in on the whole one by thing. And there were a lot of people for a long time who said, "Oh, you can't do the one by. The gear ratios aren't any good. You're going to have holes. You're not going to be able to keep up." And I think that everybody's quietly proved them wrong on that. Um, as a yep. matter of fact, and you know, the winning bikes for uh, Unbound this past year were running one by drivetrains. So. Wow. So, yeah. Was it like all of them were one by basically? Uh, a lot of them. There's still a lot of people out there running two by, but I, I think when you start talking about you know, just the future of it, I think that we're getting away from that. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I don't know if I have much else to, to talk about. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to, to bring up? Is there any big news out there? Anything that needs to be talked about that's pressing? Bueller? I can't think of anything I don't know if you, big right now. Not, yeah. We, we can leave the whole USA crit. Um, debacle alone, if you want, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's probably read that, and I think USA Psych, not USA, USA Crits, um, they've dismissed the the person in question here, and I think that they're just trying to figure out what their stance is going to be and how they're going to police this going forward. And I think that it'll probably end up sorting itself out, but I would like to see a little bit more of it get sorted out before we start talking about it too much. I think it's unfortunate yep. that that happened, yeah. that that person didn't get filtered out long ago because I, I don't think yeah. he's been with the organization for like decades, but he, he's got some pretty serious things that were on his, uh, his sheet. And I don't think, uh, USA crits did enough due diligence there, which is unfortunate. So, but yeah, that's good. That's why we have say sport that that's a good thing. I think that we're yep. getting yeah. a little bit more notoriety for that. So right on. All right, let's get into one last thing, Matt, what do you got? Uh, okay. So I posted a couple of videos, um, recently basically there was a, a polar watch announcement right before i left for boston which is a really nice watch uh, a lot of good options it's kind of like their it's kind of like their 
Garmin Phoenix kind of okay. watch. It's really nice. Um, so that's great. I'll come back and review that one, maybe give it away in a, in a couple of weeks or a couple months. Then I posted like a, you know, Kona's getting moved to St. George. What does that mean for the future of triathlon video? Um, I posted that on the date that Kona would have happened, like October 10th or something like that, whatever yeah. date that was. And uh, that's interesting because, you know, they Ironman has this option to start moving the world championships around. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, die on the hill of don't move it keep it and i kind of probably fall in that spot but like reading the comments from the people that watch the video about they should move it like we're here in europe and there's it's just like people don't even know about kona like they should just move the race around the world and they'll get more they made good arguments within the comment section kind of had me come around to being like yeah you know what they it's not a bad idea so yeah um that's an interesting video if you guys want to check that out and then the last video that I posted was top triathlon bikes of the top triathletes. I don't know if I said that right, but something yeah. like that. I think that's what that's correct. And a lot of people were confused about that title, and even I'm confused about it because a lot of people were saying like, "Who are the fastest bikers in triathlon?" And the video is more like, okay, no, 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 Look at the top 10 triathletes. Some of them aren't the best bikers in the world, but what bikes are they on? And the video was more specifically about their bikes. A lot of Canyon bikes. Gotcha. There was um, Pinarello bike. There was, uh, you know, let's see, what else was there? Giant. There was two guys on a giant bike. All right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, there's not as much variety as I would hope when you're kind of looking at, you know, you want to see a whole bunch of triathlon bikes, but... I may make another video similar and kind of talk about the women's top racers mm -hmm. and see what they're on because they're, you know, they're on some felts and they're on some other bikes. Yeah. That would be fun to kind so of check out. You got to also ask yourself the question, like which one of those bike manufacturers has the yep. most money and is it, uh, who oh, yeah. he who throws the most money at said athlete is going to have the fastest bike. Yeah. I mean, it, I put a disclaimer in the video, like, Hey, these athletes are paid to ride these bikes. Yeah. They're never going to say something negative about the bike. Yeah. They're going to say it's the best bike they've ever had. Yeah. And you kind of have to be a little critical when you hear that stuff and be like, yeah, it's still fun to look at this bike that's all tricked out and it's a nice bike and it's it's cool that there's quite a few pros that are riding Canyon, but it's like, that doesn't mean that it's the best bike, you yeah. know? It just means so, that that's who, what these pros are riding. Who so. is arguably the fastest cyclist in pro triathlon? I think that's tricky because you have pro cyclists switch over you know, and, okay. and, and ride. There's a guy named Magnus something. I can't remember what his last name is. And he is a very strong cyclist, but not necessarily. Well, let me reframe strongest. that question then. Who's the fastest all around triathlete in pro triathlon? Is I, put, I put Jan Ferdino yeah. down. Yeah. So what does yeah. he ride? He's on Canyon. So if you take Jan off of a Canyon and, and everybody probably regards Canyon as, oh, that's the fastest bike because he's the Pro fastest triathlete. Probably not. I don't. But I if mean, you put him like on a Pinarello, is Pinarello yeah. all of a sudden the, the fastest triathlon bike because he's riding it? I, I think so. I mean, I think that that's exactly the case where it's like, he, it, he, it doesn't matter what he's riding. Yeah. He can probably ride a tricycle and whoop the hell out yeah. of us, right? <laughs> like he's just a good athlete yeah. all around. And, uh, and yeah, you know, Canyon probably pays him very well Handsomely, and he yep. can really, he can do some other things too, like really make some adjustments to things to make them much more aerodynamic. And mm -hmm. specifically the aero bars is what I talked about in the video. His own specific aero bar system that he has is really cool, which I really like to talk about. And, you know, that was kind of an interesting piece of the video, but 
But, um, the, you know, any of the brands are at that level are, are fine. They're yeah. good. Like yeah. the felt is great. That mm-hmm. wasn't in the video, you know. Have they made much change to that bike? Um, I haven't really been following it too closely. I know that felt the brand itself has changed quite a bit in the last They've tweaked four, it and years. it's got, you know, it even has um, disc brakes and things on it okay. and stuff. So, yeah, they've tweaked that bike over the years. Yeah, I just know like between, I think it was like 2013 and 2016 that that felt IA yeah. was pretty much, it was, it was nails. It's a great, it's yeah. a solid bike. But the... Um, What's funny is they did make an, a, a new announcement on that felt bike, or I don't even know if they've, I don't know how much announcements they've made, but they put, you know, you can see it on their pro riders. Most recently, there's been, I think, two, at least two pro women athlete on the new felt IA, uh-huh. which is a weird looking bike. Really? Yeah. I'll have to pull, we'll pull up pictures okay. on the podcast, but it's got this weird like hump to it. Huh. It's like one of those, like only well, the thinking. mother of that bike is going to love the look of, <laughs> going to love the look of this bike. But uh, it's, yeah, it's something. Okay. It, it's a bike. I, I don't know. Maybe if it was really fast, people would be like, who cares what it looks like? Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Cool. Hey, Lance Appler, you got one last yeah. thing for us? Um, I just wanted to shout out to, uh, to Scott Schultz and the Washougal cyclocross race that went on, uh, this past weekend. Um, I was not able to attend, but I don't know if I'm stealing your thing. Um, Jake, but, um, I was going to have two one last things, but now I only have one. So Matt okay. would be happy. Well, okay. I was going to ask, I had like three last things. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so it just seemed like the event went off very well. It was, it was well attended. Um, it was well organized. It looked like the course was great. Um, I just really proud of Scott and for our teammates that, um, helped to show up and uh, a lot of teammates did a lot of volunteer work to uh, make that event happen. And I want them to know that, uh, it's appreciated. Yes. hundred percent. Did you bring a camera out there? I did. did I you, brought all did of the cameras, all the cameras. Did you get any video stuff? I got a ton of video footage and I am in the process of putting together a video Sifting through the video footage. I'm trying to drill down 30 minutes of stuff wow, down into old. about 10 or 12 minutes um, and make it very like palatable for lots of folks. Um, And when that is done, I'll actually probably post that on the Dowd Cycling YouTube channel. And then I'll take some of the longer cuts, longer takes. And we've got a a secondary channel that I've sent set up. That's kind of just for the team, just for like, for instance, like Paul first, he won the, uh, the cat one, two race. Oh, cool. There was only two people in the Cat 1-2 race uh, for his age group. I don't know why the Cat 1-2s did not show up to that race. That kind of makes me scratch my head. But the 35-plus Cat 2s, they've got a bunch of folks in there that are they're not any slept by any means yeah. at all. They're, they're fast as all get out. Um, so he raced, they put everybody together in that one race. And I think there was probably 15 ish people, maybe more, um, in that whole race. And, and Paul being one of them, um, won. and he had a fantastic race. He's had a really good season. It's he, been, he's had a coming of age this year. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's a, doing some special things. So he's a real cyclist. for sure. So anyway, long story short, um, I had different people throughout the course of the day that I was interviewing and different people that we were droning and then there was a couple people that we asked if we could put some cameras on them or their bike so we have um oh, cool paul's full entire race Did he was you wearing mic up anyone um uh, well, i didn't mic up anybody on the race um, afterwards afterwards we did interviews after before That's and cool. after a lot of the races yeah. which was kind of cool um but paul had a chest mount strap and he yep. we've we had really good perspective of his race and yeah, you could see a nice... couple crashes in there oh paul did not crash because paul's because he's paul because he's paul <laughs> and paul put on a show for everybody as well and he was bunny hopping the barrier so he had a lot of people yelling and screaming and cheering for him so that was kind of cool and then um chris surratt was the other one we 
we have a handlebar mount from him. So kind of two neat perspectives there. And then we got a bunch of cool drone footage and um, a bunch of other stuff as well. So in the process of putting that together and um, to reiterate what Lance said, that was a fan freaking tastic race. Um, We, we had a good time out there and I just, I really tell people that listen, that live here locally that are interested in cyclocross. And maybe you're like, I don't want to drive to Washougal. Next time, yeah. drive to Washougal. It is the most beautiful venue. Uh, yeah. The course is fantastic, and there's so much potential out there. And they've been having racing out there for a long time. They've done yeah. the crossing and the other Washougal races, and those are fantastic. I have been to quite a few cyclocross uh, venues, and, and that's still, hands down, is my favorite. Yeah, That's just my two cents on that. So, anyway, yeah. Lance, I'll, I'll let you get back to your stuff. I didn't mean to hijack your uh, uh, last thing. You. No, that that was it. You good. Thank you. Sweet. Move on. What's your other one, Dick? Um, just again, I wanted to say thank you to Scott Schultz for letting us be a part of that. Um, from the Dialed Cycling Lab to the Dialed Cycling Team, it was a fantastically run event. And to all of our teammates and the people in, that are in our little cycling circle here, our little community, if you will, that stepped up, went out, and volunteered. That was so awesome of you. You guys made all of the difference in the world. So a big thank you to you. And, um, you know, whatever we can do to repay that, uh, just let us know. We're happy to help. The other thing is we are getting ready for 2022. This year is almost over. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but we're darn near to the end of 22. We're creeping up on, on November. I have not been paying attention. Yeah. I don't know what happened this year. I, it was just like scratching my head. Like, why are we riding on Swift as a team already? Didn't we just finish that? And like, oh yeah, we, we've already exhausted the entire summer. But um, that said, the Dow cycling team is going to be fast and furious in 22. We've added some new folks. Um, we've got a bunch of really cool things going on. We've got new fundraisers. We've got our bikes for oh, kids yeah. thing coming up pretty soon. Mod pizza. Mod pizza. I'm we, hungry already. Exactly. Um, we've got, um, if we were doing one with Chipotle too, that will be kind of neat. Okay. Um, so I, I like eating. Yeah. So. <laughs> and we've got a lot of great things that are going on there from a fundraising perspective. But what we're looking for right now is anybody who might be interested in sponsoring the dialed cycling team. So we are actively taking on sponsors. Our window is open. It won't be for too much longer because we got to get to uh, producing our kits so that we can have all the logos on there. But if you're interested, uh, reach out. You can go to the dialed website that dialedcycling.com and you can click on the teams tab and you can see more about the different sponsorship opportunities there so that's my one last thing sound good perfect good all right cool yep we will be back next week we still do have um wahoo they're they're getting some things sorted out we still do have them on the books of coming into cs we don't have a defined date yet but we've got another guest who will likely be joining us next week well as a matter of fact actually confirmed it this morning but um we will have another special guest i'm kind of glad i didn't miss the wahoo the wahoo talk i'm very glad it's gonna be boston yeah yeah, but i'm not gonna ask any like crazy questions no but that's that's your jam like you know the stuff your jam you know the right questions to ask you know the buttons to push who knows but anyway if you want to uh, come back next week that'd be fantastic we would love that until then thanks for listening bye for now